what's up what's up what's up queens how y'all doing tonight i am your host Shatwaya perry and welcome to queen you were built for this the podcast where we talk about how we uplift and encourage the women of god to be the queens that god created them to be so last episode we started talking about overcoming insecurities and embracing your worth in Christ. So that's what we're talking about again tonight. Part two of overcoming insecurities and embracing your worth in Christ. Amen. 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 So we have a great 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 part two of an awesome topic that we started talking about once again last week overcoming insecurities and embracing your worth in christ and we unloaded so we talked about our our steps that we talked about last week not last week but last episode is identifying your and your insecurities what are the things that you don't like about yourself? What are the things that you're afraid of? Once you know what your insecurities are, then you can start to address them, right? And we talked about challenging your negative thoughts. When you have a negative thought about yourself, ask yourself, is this really true? Is there any evidence to support it? If not, then challenge the thought and replace it. Basically, we challenge the negative thoughts that we have about ourselves challenging it with the word of christ and we went as far as to even if they are um even if the negative thoughts are true about yourself it doesn't matter because we stand on the word of god and the word of god is truth what god has said about us is true so we're taking the negative thoughts that we have and we are challenging it with what god says about us Focus it on your strengths. Part the third step was focus on your strengths. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Make a list of your strengths and focus on them. When you are feeling insecure and remind yourselves of all the things you're good at. We even went as far as to say that hire your weaknesses. Amen. Hire your weaknesses. And remember that when you're feeling weak, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Our fourth step was spending time with people who love you and accept you and also people who are going to strengthen and encourage you in the word of God. So basically not seeking and searching for yes people, but seeking and searching for people who are going to encourage you, uplift you hold you accountable and help bring out your God-given gifts and talents, bring out the best. Oh, excuse me. Amen. And then our last step is remember who you are in Christ. Remember who you are in Christ. You are a loved child of God. You are forgiven and accepted. You are worthy of love and respect. And when you are feeling insecure, remember who you are in Christ and let the truth of God 
define you define you right so let um so basically we're we're taking what god has said about us and we're standing on what god has spoken about us right what has god spoken about you what has god said about you amen so those are the steps that we started with that, that those are the steps that we talked about last time and so we're going to expound on those a little bit we also talked about sarah we talked about esther we talked about um and we talked about ruth so we're going to talk about some other women in the bible who overcame insecurities and they embrace their worth in Christ as well. And we're going to also go over some more scriptures because we know that when we go over the word of God, the word of God tells us what God says about us. Who, who do God say that we are? What, the God, what does God say about us? And we know that when we get into the word of God, the word of God tells us what God says about us. So our first scripture that we're going to go over tonight, we're going to go over again, we're going to touch on again, just so that we can remember, right? I know for me, anxiety for me has been a big one. So we're going to go over first Peter chapter five, verse seven, first Peter chapter five, verse seven. And this is going to be the end the New International Version or the NIV, it is, says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And for anyone new that we may have in the chat, because as you all who are listening in know that I do have some beautiful people in the chat with me that watch us live with me, I have some sisters with me, feel free to interact in the chat if god gives you a scripture on the subject you can feel free to drop that in the chat and always remember at the end of every podcast there is a questionnaire or a poll uh, feel free to to interact i love interaction okay and you all can leave voice comments. I forgot to mention that the last two episodes, but you are able to leave voicemails and to let me know if it's an encouragement, if it um, if it's blessed you, if it's helped you. I want to hear about it. Amen. Okay. So first Peter chapter five, verse seven. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Okay. So God is not, we, we don't serve a God who is not touched by our, our infirmities, okay? He cares about everything that, that we care about. He, I don't want to find that scripture where um, God is concerned with everything that concerns us. So we know that he cares about everything that, that makes us anxious, everything that makes us worry, everything that excites us, everything that makes us angry. He wants to know about it and he cares about 
all of those things. So while I wait in, and so that's also, um, and we know the King James Version of First Peter 5 and 7 also says that casting your care upon him, for he careth for you. So God cares about every issue and every worry, every concern that we have. He cares about it. He's touched by our infirmities, okay? One of the scriptures that I absolutely love that one of my sisters in the chat left last episode was, uh, I want to say it was Romans, or was it Hebrews? Chapter 10, verses 17. Oh no, verses 30 through 35. I think it was 35 to 37. And it said that don't toss your confidence away. Don't don't throw your fearless confidence away, but to remain and to stand and that God will not tarry. He won't delay. And so that was an encouragement. This it reminded me God will not delay concerning you. He's going to do what he said, and he's going to do it in the time that he said. So that's concerning his promises. That's concerning when we feel weak, when we need to feel strengthened. It's concerning all of that. Uh, Our second scripture we're going to talk about tonight is 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 and it says see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of god and that is what we are the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him so you can be reassured you can be confident in that the world did not know him and so that's why the world don't doesn't know us. But however, however, it says what see what great love the Father has lavished on us. So lavished me that he adorns us with his love. And so the first person I want to talk about tonight is Martha. Martha, it says that Martha was a hard worker, but she often worried and stressed about things. She felt insecure because her sister Mary was always so calm and peaceful. But Jesus reminded Martha that she was loved and valued by him as well. And that's Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Sometimes we have to be reminded that we're also loved. And valued by Christ. We don't have to. We don't have to feel insecure or jealous or insignificant by any means when it comes to anyone. Because the same love. Right? The same love. That Jesus has for everyone else is the same love that Jesus has for us. He has that same love for you. He has that same love for me. He has that same love for everyone. There's so there's no one 
that is not able to receive that love. And so the scripture that we, one of the scriptures that we talked about last week, um, and I mentioned it earlier, is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 30, verses 35 to 37, is do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising, so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. For yet in a very... For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And then I also want to go down to 38 and 39 as well. But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. And if he draws back, shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. But our way is not of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are of those who believe, relying on God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And by this confident faith, and by this confident faith preserves the soul. So our soul is preserved. I love that question in the chat, ladies. He put in, what does it mean to have confidence in who you are before God? And I want to actually hear the answers to that. What is, what, what does it mean to you to have confidence? What does it mean to you to have confidence in who you are before God? Let's talk about that. So Lady T, what does it mean to you? You put the question in. I want to ask you first. What do you, what does it mean to you? So another another one of this another set of steps that we have about praying um, about overcoming insecurities and embracing your worth in Christ is and we talked about identifying your insecurities but tonight we're going to talk about praying about your insecurities pray about your insecurities Ask God to help you identify and address the root causes of your insecurities. Ask him to help you see yourself the way that he sees you. And that's one of the things that I pray all the time is help me to see me the way that you see me. Amen. We, and we can ask God to help us to do that. And he will. He will definitely help us to see ourselves the way that he sees us. And to see uh and to see each other and um and to see each other the way that he sees us. Lady T said it means to know that God made me wonderful and awesome and that he sees the best in me. Amen. We have to remember that when we're not seeing the best in us, that God actually does. And you have to also remember that we're our own worst critics. We're harder on ourselves than any other person is hard than any of that anyone else will ever be we're harder on ourselves the second step is meditate on scripture meditate on scripture spend time reading and meditating on bible verses that affirm your worth in christ here are a few examples here are a few examples so we're brought up the 139th number of psalm again we talked about that one last episode as well verses 13 through 14 for you are 
for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are marvelous. I know this very well. Then it went on to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Amen. So what does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? What does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? Well, first of all, every good every good thing comes from the Lord. Everything that God made is good. Right? It's not that God didn't make us good. It's not that God didn't make people good. He made them very good. We have choice. So well, because we have choice, we make decisions and those decisions there is what separates us. But it doesn't take us away from being wonderfully made. And then fearfully, the fearfully part is God caused us to be a, to be respected and to respect one another. Not that we may be afraid of each other, but that we will respect each other and that we will love and care for each other. So I'm made to be respected and to be loved, and I'm made wonderfully by the hands of God. And then again, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So we can meditate on these scriptures, get these scriptures in our heart and in our spirit. Amen. Crystal said is bold. It's um and it's talking going back to the question that I asked earlier. What does it mean to have confidence in who you are before God? Is to be bold in the face of fear. Is to be bold in the face of fear. I absolutely love both of those answers. And it does. It means to to be confident to have confidence in who you are before God is to know that regardless of how I feel about myself or regardless of how others feel about you, that I'm loved by God, I'm called by God, I'm chosen by God. Those are things that it means to me to be confident in who I am before God, that God is, although although I may have flaws and although sometimes I might make interesting decisions that I am still, you know, I'm still, I, I'm able, I'm able to repent if I need to repent, accept the forgiveness of God, re, uh, forgive myself and carry on that I'm still a joy heir with God. I'm still a queen before God, that there's nothing that can cause me to not be. For me, those are the things that it means. Those, those are the things for me when I think about what it means to have confidence in who I am before God. Those are the things that come up for me. Lady T also said it, it means that God molded us into the image and likeness of him, that we are made to be great in his sight. And she's answering the question that I asked about what does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? Amen. I absolutely love that. Okay, so another Step is to journal about your insecurities. Journal about your insecurities. What? And journaling about them is a good, is an awesome step. It's good in 
and helps you to get those things out of you. Get all of those negative emotions, negative feelings, negative thoughts that you may have about yourself out of you. Sometimes we make a decision and it might not be the best decision or sometimes we didn't grow up getting all of the same encouragement and build and weren't built up from childhood like everyone else. And guess what? That's okay. We don't have to be like everyone else. And we're not going to have the same childhood, the same upbringing. We're not going to have the same testimony as everyone else. But the good thing about it is, is when you write, when you go and you write it down, you journal about it, you're able to look at it and see what it is that you felt about yourself. I would say have one, for me, I would say have one journal and it has the insecurities, but then have another journal and that other journal has everything that God says about you. And there's a question that says, but what do you do with the journal once it's done? Well, one, the first thing that I would do is I would acknowledge that God, everything that God has said about me, everything that God has 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 spoken about me, has created me to be, is the truth over the insecurities. That's first and foremost is is it helps you to accept the truth and be able to see what's the truth versus what the lie is about yourself. And then the other thing is, is I would say pray and ask God. I know that I've heard testimony of for some God having them having to, to do what would be called like a burning ceremony taking what has been spoken every lie every negative thought that has been spoken take like a a, a stock pot um pray over it put it in the stock pot and then set it on fire and then of course you know put the fire out after it's burned um because that symbolizes a burning or a passing away of the negative thoughts that you had about yourself once you've been delivered from that um Another thing could be to write a write a letter, write a letter to that old self, write a letter to your old self and put everything that was in that journal in that. And after you get done uh, writing a letter, print it out or if you've written it out, reread it and pray over it. Once again, ask God to, you know, help you to not feel that way about yourself again and then to rip it up anoint it and rip it up and to throw it away why because it's it's a passing away it's a burial of what was it's also um what i also what i think about it is when you know old things are passed away and behold all things have become new right Crystal said, turn it into a book. Then you can also do that too and use that as a tool to help encourage the next person and they're able to read it and become encouraged and who God has called them to be as well. And I absolutely love that as well. And so there's many things that can be done about the journal once it's done. My 
um, suggestion would be to ask God, seek God about what he would have you to do with it. Uh, I can only give you based off of my testimony and what the testimonies kind of uh, suggestions of what I've seen other people do. So for me, it has been, I've written it in letters and then anointed them and turned them up and then burnt the, the paper, burnt the pieces of the paper. Like, go to, you know, get a char- get a um a barbecue grill and, you know, burn it in the char- in the in a barbecue grill. You know, for safe um safe options if you don't want to do the stock powder, if you don't have a fireplace. If you have a fireplace, do the same thing, rip it up, pray over it, throw it in the fireplace. It is still it still burns because it signifies the death of the old self. As you allow God to renew your, um, to create the, the new spirit and the new heart within you. You know, based off of creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Um, it also says about journaling your insecurities, write about your, writing about your insecurities can help you to process them, process them and work through them. It can also help you to identify patterns and triggers. So it's a good option to know that sometimes we just have to know what triggers us. If you ever had a moment where you were where you felt like you were doing really, really good, like I'm doing good, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm being productive, and I'm having all these I'm having all these great ideas, and then all of a sudden something happens and now you have a negative intrusive thought. Well, think about what happened when you had that moment. What happened right before? What happened within that moment? What happened? What was the pattern? What was the trigger that caused you to think on that negative thought? Or that is, or what, what negative thought came or action came to cause that negative thought that caused you to look on your insecurities for them to become um, magnified? Talk to a trusted friend. Another step we're going to talk about is talk to a trusted friend, family member, or your pastor. Or first lady, if you have first lady. But we're talking about all in all seeking wise counsel. Okay, so I'm going to add in there over just talking to a trust. Seek wise counsel. So anybody in your church that you could consider wise counsel, the mothers in the church, a missionary, a deaconess missionary, or, you know, a sister and a faith that you know is going to be wise counsel and allow God, excuse me, allow God to lead you. Do not just seek out anybody. Allow God to lead you. Allow God to guide and direct your steps your path so that you are seeking wise counsel it says talking to someone you trust about your insecurities can help you to feel supported and understood it can also give you a different perspective on your situation it also helps for grounding situations like sometimes you need to be grounded or feel secure you need to know that your foundation is firm underneath you. And sometimes it could be for me. Okay, so for me, one of my triggers would be when I have a negative or a 
uh, when I have a negative or intrusive thought and I start feeling insecure, it literally could be the fact that I might not have gas money. And why don't you have gas money? Well, if you work, then you will have gas money. Or it you know, it's something for it could be something simple or something silly to something grand and outrageous, right? Well, I just simply don't have gas money right now. It's really like when you take time to think about it and you don't allow that small moment to turn into a giant mountain of a moment and you don't um basically you don't succumb to it is that you can see that oh that you know what that wasn't even that great of a moment for me to start feeling insecure and for intrusive and negative thoughts to be able to win and you can praise god for the growth because what you want is is to have growth in those areas right it's just Today was just simply, I didn't have no gas money. Honestly, I didn't even have time to stop and get any gas. It could literally be the fact that I do have gas money and I just didn't have time to stop and get the gas. Sometimes those little moments, instead of feeding into them and allowing them to become greater moments, seek to understand what's the bigger picture at that moment. I had things to do um, or you chose if you chose to pay a bill that was it was more uh, a, a better choice to pay the bill than to get the gas in that moment not because you won't be able to get the gas later because you'll be able to get the gas later hey sis we got Shabaj to the house hey sis Okay, and so you have to make sure that you're looking at the bigger picture, what, and not allowing yourself to be beat up by a slew of what ifs and what I could have did or, you know, like should have, would have, could have. Those don't help in those situations either. So talk to a trusted friend, family member, or pastor. Seek wise counsel. Okay, and Lady T said, allow God to show you who to trust and also that talking to wise counsel work. It works and it really does. Sometimes you just need to to seek wise counsel. And then if you seek wise counsel, here's a here's something that'll help. If you seek wise counsel, go seek a wise counsel with an open mind. Okay. Seek with an open mind. Don't go in with negativity of, oh, it's not going to work talking to somebody else about my issues or my problems or my insecurities. It's not going to work. It can work if you actually give it a chance to where you come in with an open mind and an open heart. You have to, that's that's a big part of it as well. Uh, let me see. Join a support group. And I actually... Love this part. And before I go into that part, Lady T also said, yes, you cannot have a closed mind and, and heart, a closed mind or heart. You cannot, you cannot expect anything to change if you are not willing to have an open heart and an open mind about it. That's one of the main and 
important parts of it is you can't it can't change it won't get better if you do not have an open heart or open mind about it um so we were going to join a support um to the next step which is join a support group there are many support groups that are available for people who are struggling with insecurities joining the support group can help you to connect with other people who are going through the same thing and I love that because and it doesn't um it doesn't have to be like a grand thing. It could be um just like two or three sisters in Christ and that could be a support group or if you want to have a more um a more unbiased of um then you can probably seek out different support groups as well. But the important part that I say is having a group group of people that you know are not going to be judgmental that's the important part it's not going and that also goes apart and also finding wise counsel seeking god for wise counsel because the last thing you need and the last thing you want is to have anyone that's judgmental and you're trying to share your insecurities because you want to overcome and they're judging you and they're looking at you funny and because in their mind it could be what you got to be insecure about like that don't make sense you you know girl you speak so well or you know you you know you say so good or you you know you you really smart. Why you can't just, you can go to school? Why you feel insecure about going to school at whatever age? Girl, you smart or you this, you that. And although for them is they might feel like they're being encouraging, but to you it might not feel that way. And that's why you seek wise counsel because sometimes it's in the way that they people say things and you have to seek God for who's going to be understanding when you talk to them. Um, Lady T said, talking about it with people who go through the same thing. Talk about it with people who who go through the same thing as you. Shabbat said, truth, sis. All right, Crystal, thanks for joining. And you can watch, listen to the rest of it later. Love you and thank you. Have a great night. Uh, okay. So join the support group and also allow it. Allowing God to lead you to the appropriate and um, to the right support group. Lady T said they are able to understand what you're going through. Absolutely. So also, and then another step is seek professional help. Seek professional help. If you are struggling to overcome your insecurities on your own, consider seeking professional help from a therapist or a counselor. Okay, and you can ask God to lead you to Christian counselors, Christian therapists that believe the way that you believe. Okay, and I'm not saying that that non-Christian counselors or non-Christian therapists are not good. I'm not saying at all, saying that at all, because there are some really good ones. But what's what's like? There's nothing like finding a therapist or a counselor or you know someone in that profession that believes in the wonder working power of god 
it's just something about it. And they can help you with finding who and where you are in the word of God. Lady T said, yes, professional help is a good thing. They have methods that can help you. Yes, they do. And seeking counselors or therapists is not just for crazy people, okay? Quote, unquote, crazy people. You do not have to be (laughs) out of your mind to find a therapist or a counselor. Therapists and counselors are great for when you're mourning, mourning, you know, you've lost people that you love and you need help with getting over the grief. Counselors and therapists are great for when you've dealt with trauma and you need help getting over trauma. Okay? Therapists and counselors are there for you to talk to. Not just because you have something going on or because you done been through something. Yes, they're absolutely great for that as well. But there are more to it than just somebody's crazy and they need to be put in a straitjacket. I, I want as a as a community of beautiful melanated people for us to let go of that stigma. That that is a horrible stigma. It's a horrible stereotype. It's it's a mess, honestly. But let me tell you that counselors are for everyone. They really are for everyone. Shema said they can help you with a treatment plan that will help you. And also Lady T said, going through grief, trauma, depression, and anxiety. All of those things are worthy of seeking professional help, okay? It's not just about, oh, and can we let go of the whole, is is it, you just gonna pay somebody to just listen to you and tell you what you already know about yourself. Can we let go of that as a people and as a culture, please? It's about, let's, let's prioritize and um, self-care Seeking therapists and counselors, that 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 does wonder for your self-help, for 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 self-care. That does wonder for self-care. Wonders. Okay. <laughs> wonders for self-care. It's not about paying somebody to tell you about tell you stuff that you already know about yourself. It's not about that either. It's it's literally because sometimes you just need somebody that can see it from a different perspective. Lady C also said, if one could do it alone, they would do so. Absolutely. That's like, if we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. And that is not the case. We definitely need Jesus. Okay, so we've talked about identifying triggers. We talked about, oh no, we're talking about identifying triggers now. But before we do that, let us go to uh let's go to an, uh, another scripture. And I also mentioned this scripture as well earlier, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven, seventeen, excuse me, second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old has passed away, and behold, the new the new man has come. 
or behold, he has become new. Second, oh, sorry. Oh, let I might have said the scripture too fast. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, he has become new. Amen. So meaning that who you used to be does not matter anymore. It's no longer relevant. Okay. So we're trying, we're we're seeking to become to seeking to get to a place where our insecurities does not matter anymore. That they are that that part of us that our insecurities not knowing our worth, not knowing our value is a part of our old man. And according to Second Corinthians 5 and 17, when we become new in Christ, then that means that our insecurities, our negative thinking, our not knowing our value, not knowing our worth, all of that is a part of our old man. All of that is a part of of who we were before Christ. And because we have to kill our day, our flesh daily, it's every day there's an old man that we have to put the rest. Every day there, there is a dead person, or, or <laughs> not a dead person, but I say it like that. But every day, okay, every day you have to choose to walk in Christ. Right. And because every day is a choice, every day is a choice to walk out your salvation. Every day is a choice to be who God has called you to be. And so that's one of the ways that you become new is one of the ways you become new, because we have that question in chat, is accepting Christ. Okay. Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and receiving the gifts of, of salvation is how. You become new. Okay, I'm asking the question. Okay, so and during with that is a process. Every day we have to put away our flesh. Every day, right? Because our flesh wants what it wants, and we desire what we desire, right? Whether it be lust, whether it be you know, anything that could equate to lust, right? If you're married, looking at the man next door or looking at the woman next door, um, try to keep up with the Joneses would qualify as lust, right? Just because you see the Joneses have a brand new car and you want a brand new car. Any things that would cause you to become in debt because you're trying to do too much, <laughs> right? Um, so all of those things, can qualify as things that your flesh desire, your flesh wants, right? Uh, so every day, because we have to make a choice that we're not going to be guided by the things of the flesh, by the desires of the flesh, that we're going to take up of our take up our cross and follow Christ, that we're going to to do what it is that Christ would have us to do. So, and that is process right and that process is a daily renewal process a daily a, a daily process of becoming new right so if last night you went to sleep angry although you should not go to sleep angry um 
But if last night you made a choice that you don't feel so great about today, then guess what? Today's a new day, right? And you don't have to be bound by last night. You have the option, the choice to make a better decision today. <laughs> okay, the comment. My flesh was sweet, but I have to check myself. <laughs> check myself every day. Absolutely. So you have health and health issues or health concerns. You have to do what's best for you for your health, right? So that's the same as becoming new. Making a choice to do what's best for your for you for your spirit for your spiritual growth and your spiritual maturity in Christ. So under identify your triggers, right? So now we're going to talk about identify your triggers. Challenge, okay, no. Identify triggers. What are the things that typically make you feel insecure? Once you know your triggers, you can start to develop strategies for dealing with them in a healthy way. What are things that typically make you feel insecure? Once you know your triggers, you can start to develop strategies for dealing with them in a, in a healthy way. So Lady T said one of her triggers that causes, that typically makes her feel insecure is money, right? So what are, so you know your trigger, what, what can you do to start that'll help you start to develop a strategy for dealing with it in a healthy way? So it could be saving money, right? It could be, well, okay, she said that realizing that money answers all, all things. Making that realizing that money answers all things. Because I just add, I just read two different comments, two different people's comments at the same time. So <laughs> so realizing that money answers all things, right? Exactly. Money answers all things. The Bible talks about that, right? Uh, so and that is the love of money that is the root of all evil. Okay, so once you realize that, right, it's not the fact that you love money or you want to be in love with money or anything like that. It's knowing that money answers all things, money solves all things. So you need money in order to be able to take care of business and to handle things, right? So how do, so you have steps to that. One step could be, okay, I know that I have to spend money in order to to survive. So, okay, save money. Don't spend where I know I want to spend, but make it a choice. Do I have to spend it or do I just want to spend it? You know, those are choices. Those, those are thoughts. That, so, so it's changing your thought process. So when you change your thought process, then it makes it a little bit easier to start looking at different things that you can do so that money does not cause, so that money is not necessarily a trigger anymore. Shema said making more of it is making more of it an insecurity or is that one of the strategies for dealing with uh, when we're talking about money in a, in a uh, healthy way? 
she also uh lady c said knowing that realizing that money is money answers all things but it does not rule me god does uh and then shamar said that realizing money is realizing that money itself isn't easy i mean is it evil realizing that money itself isn't evil so no money in and of itself is not evil the love of money loving the love of money is the root of all evil but money is not evil money can be used to do good works she said the money is a tool and yes making more money is a strategy yes greed greed is what's evil okay so here's the thing lady c right you're not greedy if you're having issues with money if so once you recognize the fact that one i'm not greedy okay i'm not greedy that's fine and i know that i have to be able to do things like pay my bills because i need to be able to have a roof over my head i need to be able to buy groceries because i need to eat um once you realize that one you're using money for necessities so after you have um after you have taken care of that thought process right um then you can begin to look at ask guys to help you look at it in a different perspective right you like to help others i see that shama said i want to be able to help others so what's your motivation behind needing the money right or one to be able to have a surplus of money being able to help others um and lady t said amen for that for not being greedy um and shamaj also said that god gives seed to the sower absolutely so you're able when you're you looking at money as a seed to sow uh and then lady t said he has because i love to help others as well right so you have to look at it from that perspective you're not wanting money because you want to be greedy and hoard it all and it's my my mind is all mine like you're screwed like you're screwed um mcduck or something like that um but it's because you want to be able to not only provide for your family or your household but to provide for others who need help as well and so when you look at it from a different perspective and you can ask God, what are strategies that help me to be able to obtain wealth so that I can be able to help not only my household, but be a blessing to others? What are strategies that I can use to be able to do that? And so when you start looking at it from that perspective, right, that would be a way that you can that can that you can look at what was a trigger and how God can use that and pivot at it pivoted and allow you to have strategies for what you need to be able to use the money for amen and then also like with shabaj for you is you're building a business you're so in order to build a business and to run a business it takes money and you not only need money for that, but you also need money to be able to provide for yourself and to be able to be blessed, be a blessing to other people. So it's just a matter of 
what strategies, what developing strategies so that you are able to, to do that and to be able to build up your coffers at the same time so that you have money in your storehouse, right? And so for us on a personal level, your storehouse is your bank account, is your saving account, your investment account, right? And that's also another way, of, and that's also can be used as a strategy so that you're able to do what you need to do is investing, is, you know, looking into shares, looking into stocks and bonds. Um, Lady T said, not getting married and being alone all my life is another insecurity. Because I got, well, I won't say I got married early, but I guess fairly early. It was in my 20s when I got married. But I guess on what, yeah, sometimes it's hard for me to look at that from a different perspective because I did get married in my early 20s. And for me, I didn't necessarily want to get married. And my husband knows this. God changed my perspective and how I felt about marriage because I saw, all I saw was negativity when it came to marriage. And so God himself had to change my mind and my viewpoint when it came to that. But one of the things that I can say is that the speaking and seeing what the word of God says concerning you and when it, when it comes to marriage. That one, God said that it's not man, it's not good for man to be alone. So, and so, right, I understand that, Shabaj. And so, because, you know, it's not good for man to be alone and you know that God grants us the desires of our hearts, we'll see what you're not desiring something outside of God's will for your life. God doesn't want for us to be alone. And then it's his, he gives us the desires of his, of our heart according to his, according to his will. Right. Um, and so for you, it would be, and I know that you're waiting on the Lord. And so that's the best part about it. Cause that's the, that's the best advice that I can give you is to wait on the Lord and to work in the meanwhile, to occupy in the meanwhile is to put your, you know, put your hands to work, to busy yourself with, with the with work God has for you in the vineyard. Um, and one is know that it's all right in your is working on and even Shamaj just said it is to work on work on focus on what guys on doing the work that God has called you to do right now in this moment. Right? Continue in that assignment. Continue doing what God has called you to do and allow God to work out all of the other details. As long as you're doing and you're faithful to what God has called you to do right now. And that's one of the other things that I love the encouragement that's going on in the in the uh, in the chat right now. Shabaj is encouraging Lady T right now, and I love it. Uh, is one you can lay that burden before the Lord, and I know that you have right, and allow God to one to take care of you right? To take care of your heart. In the meanwhile, guard your heart, 
guard your mind, guard your spirit in this place, right? Because one thing when you when it's an insecurity is is you don't want to in that place of being honest about your your insecurities or being honest in that place is and you're actively seeking or well you're actively waiting to be found, I should say, in this place, right? Because the Bible says when he who finds a wife finds a good thing. One is yeah, I agree with about is to continue to do the work that God has put your hands to do and to be reminded that in the case of Boaz and Ruth, Boaz found Ruth working, right? And I believe that whoever it is that he'll find you working, he's going to find you according to the word of God concerning your life, but also to stay on the word of God concerning your life in this situation, right? Now, I'll be honest, I might not be the best person to talk to because I did get married early. So, and I don't have like all of the answers concerning that, but it's something that I am willing to put in the work to research so that I can be able to help more in that situation or to help more with with how to overcome that type of insecurity. Uh, One of the other things that we see i have mentioned last episode what that i mentioned a few different times in this episode was embracing our value and embracing our work right so i did a little research this is that when we talk about embracing our value in christ we're talking about understanding that we are loved and accepted by god because of who we are not because of what we do this is a contrast to our worth in Christ, which is based on our accomplishments and our standing before God. Um, let me see. Shabazz said, enjoy your singlehood while you're waiting for God to see your husband. That probably would be some of the best advice that I could give you. Is allow God to... Thank you, that part. Is allow God to continue to do a work in you, allow God to continue to shape and mold you into who he would have you to be as a wife when that time comes, but enjoy being single. And I know sometimes it feel like it might be easier said than done, right? Um, Because you see the couples and the, and the stuff and the whatnots and the love going and all of that stuff, but learn to love Lady T, right? Learn to love Lady T the way that God loves you, right? And accept the queen that God has called you to be. And I'm not saying that you're not, because um, you comment as I am, I was just sharing. I'm not saying that you're not. I'm just saying as an encouragement, continue to do that. Continue to love who God called you to be. Continue to find more, ask God to help you find more ways and more areas that you can love yourself in more that you might not be loving yourself in as much as you could be, if that makes sense, right? Continue to allow God to give you revelation of who Lady T is, right? It's one thing to know who Lady T is as... Uh, as a child of God or as a queen before God, right? But allow God to show you 
who who Lady T is as as just Lady T, you know, um, in every aspect, in every every from every perspective, from every facet of who you are. If that makes sense, and I hope that I'm saying something that makes sense. Uh, and I would encourage every single lady who is see every single woman who is seeking who is seeking marriage, who is believing God for marriage. I should say not actually seeking marriage, but who's believing God for marriage. Because one thing that I stand firm, what they call um stands firm on when it comes to the word as it pertains to the word of God, is that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Meaning that he'll find you. God is going to show you who he show you to him and that he will seek you out. He will believe God to order his steps to find you. That you don't have to go and find him. I believe what the word of God says about it. Um, and that you're not going to have to shoot your shot. You're not going to have to, you know, do no, you know, be a be a point guard and try to do no layups and all of that stuff or whatever like that, but that you can believe God and that his word is going to do just what it's was sent out to do. That he who finds you is going to find the good thing. Um let me see, I want to go back to Elsa. So just really quickly we're going to do a, a conclusion so that means we're going to have another part because I still have more notes to do <laughs> okay so you see when we talk about embracing our value in Christ we are talking about understanding that we are loved and accepted by God because of who we are not because of what we do this is in contrast to our worth in Christ our worth in Christ which is based on our accomplishments and our standing our standing before God so our worth in Christ is earned through our relationship with him when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are forgiven of our sins and are made new creatures in Christ. This is according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This means that we have a new identity as children of God, according to John chapter 1, verse 12. Our worth is not based on anything that we have done or can do, but on the fact that we are loved by God. Okay, so our worth in Christ is based off uh based on the fact that we are loved by God and not anything that we have done or can do. So your works cannot um your works cannot do anything as it pertains to your worth in Christ. Right? This is our value in Christ on the other hand is based on who we are created. My English, not English. Our value in Christ, on the other hand, is based on who we are created to be. We are made in the image of God, according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And we have a unique and special purpose in his creation. Our value is not determined by our worth, but rather by the fact that we are loved by God and that we have a purpose in his creation. Okay? 
To embrace our value in Christ is to understand that we are loved and accepted by God because of who we are, not because of what we do. It is to know that we have a unique and special purpose in his creation. We, when we embrace our value in Christ, we are free to live our lives to the fullest and to the per- and to pursue our God-given purpose, right? So we are free to live our lives to the best of our ability, right? We're able to we're able to live our lives according to all that God has said for us, right? According to every promise of God and to and as God fulfills every promise that he has made over our lives, right? And every blessing that God has given us thus far, and even the blessings that God will continue to give us, right? And to pursue our God-given purpose. So we're free to pursue our God-given purpose. We're free to pursue all that God has for us to do, okay? And that's and that doesn't matter, and that's in spite of, does not matter of who anyone else say that you are or say what you are or anything else in that matter, right? So it gave us some ways so that we're able to embrace our value in Christ. Just a few other ways to um, embrace our value in Christ, aside from what we've already talked about. And some of this, um, some of this is what we talked about as well. But spend time in prayer and Bible reading, right? Spend time in prayer before the Lord. Spend time in your Word. Getting to know God and His love for you. Okay, and I absolutely love that. Get to know God and his love for you. Not just in his love for you, but and his love for you, right? It's inclusive. Meditate on the truth of your identity as a child of God, right? So it's going back to what we talked about before. Who does God say that I am? What has God said about me, right? What has God said about you? So meditate on the truth of your identity as a child of God, right? Surround yourself with other believers who will encourage you and help you grow in your faith. So we talked about that earlier, right? Surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you to be encouraged in the word of God. Okay. Serve others is another way. Serving others, using your gifts and talents to make a difference in the world, right? Not just being self-servient, not, um, I'm sorry, one of the things that I've noticed in this, cur- in this current culture of what we've, um, yes, ladies, he said, but no, yes, man, we don't need no yes, man. We need people who are going to encourage us and lift us up in the word of God. We need we need some iron that's going to sharpen iron sometimes, okay? Not sometimes, but all the time. I'm going to say, okay, we got to, you know, and then be able to accept and receive correction because guess what? In that correction is also how you're able to overcome insecurities is being in a position to be able to accept um, and being able to accept correction. I know a lot of the over a lot of overcoming that I've had of overcoming insecurities has been from being able to accept correction from my leadership. It don't feel good, no. It don't feel good, but however, right? 
However, at the end of it all, when you're able to accept that correction and you're able to ask God, how do I apply that correction in the areas that it needs to be applied in and help me to use that correction to grow and shape and mold me? And then you're able to see fruit, right? Because there's a pruning, that correction causes a pruning. And when you prune a plant, right when you're pruning a plant what happens that plant is able to grow and you're able to see more fruit being um you're able to see more fruit produced in that tree right okay so love serve others and use your gifts and talents to make a difference in the world so we were talking about that as well is also with that one is the culture that we live in right now is really all about the self servientness okay? If it don't serve me, if it don't serve my purpose, if it don't do this and it don't do that, then I don't need it. Um, that is not of God. That is not of the Lord. That is not biblical. Okay? It's not biblical at all. <laughs> I hate to be the one to say it, but it's absolutely not biblical. We are supposed to serve each other and cheerfully, okay? For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. We're supposed to give of our time cheerfully. When you serve others and you use your gifts and your talents to serve others, then you are doing it unto the Lord. And you have to be a cheerful giver. And then last but never least, remember that you are loved and accepted by God no matter what. No matter come what may, you are loved and accepted by God. You are cherished by God. So when you embrace your value in Christ, you are you are free to live a life of joy, peace, and purpose. Okay? So that's going back again to earlier talking about um when we are when we embrace our value of Christ that we're free to live our lives um and to to the fullest as they put it and to pursue our God-given purpose so when we embrace our value of Christ we're free to live a life of joy peace and purpose okay you are free to do that Lady T in the comments said, God chastises those who he loves. So does our leaders who are from God. Because God gives you pastors after his own heart. So yes, absolutely. So if God chastises those that he loved, then the leadership that he gave us is going to chastise us because they love us and because God loves us as well. Um, Jesus was a servant first. Absolutely. If Jesus was a servant, then are we better than Jesus? Because I know I'm not greater. I'm not better than Jesus. I know he said greater works than thee that I have done, you will do. That's the works. <laughs> not me being better than him. He had no flaws. He had no sin within him, but he took on our sin and then overcame said sin. To recompense and to reconcile us back unto God. And then Shabbat said the greatest in the kingdom are the ones who serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. This has been this has been an awesome, awesome, awesome lesson. Um uh, I'm calling it a lesson, but it's an episode. Um uh, 
So once again, once again, we're going to have another part. We're going to have a whole nother part again. So it's going to be a part three, y'all. Part three. I, I said five. It ain't going to be a part five, but it will be a part three. So make sure that y'all come, come with your cups out again. Again. This is going to be a part three. And again, so we're going to talk about a few of these steps that we talked about again in conclusion as we wrap up. So we talked about praying about our insecurities, pray about your insecurities, and ask God to help you identify and address the root causes of your insecurities. Then ask him to help you see yourself the way that he sees you, right? Meditate on scriptures, spend time reading and meditating on Bible verses that affirm your worth in Christ. Journal your about your insecurities. Writing about your insecurities can help you to process them and to work through them. It can also help you to identify patterns and triggers, right? Talk to a trusted friend, family member, or pastor. First lady is included in that. Basically, you're asking God to send you wise counsel so that you can talk to wise counsel. Talking to wise counsel about your Talking to wise counsel that's trustworthy about your insecurities can help you feel supported and understood. It can also give you a different perspective on your situation. Join a support group. Also, asking God to send you to the correct and appropriate support group. Because once again, we're talking about wise counsel, non-judgmental counsel, right? Seek professional help. Once again, you can ask God to send you to the right professional help that you would need. So there are many support groups that are available for people who are struggling with 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 insecurities. And joining support groups can help you to connect with other people who are going through the same thing. Talking to some, and it can help you feel supported, understood, give you a different perspective on your situation. As far as seeking wise counsel. Um, and then for seeking professional help, ask God to send you to the correct people for professional help. It says if you are struggling to overcome your insecurities on your own, you can consider seeking professional help from a therapist or a counselor. There is nothing wrong with seeking professional help from a therapist or a counselor. We are not in that day and age anymore. Self-help is important. And it helps with your self-help. It helps with your self-care. It helps with your mental health. And it helps with your emotional health. Right? It is important to seek professional help when necessary. Sometimes you can't do it on your own. And it's okay. It's all right. And always, always remember that God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. So when you feel your weakest, then remember, God is like super strong in those moments. All right. I love y'all and I will see y'all for part three, the next episode. Have a great, 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 great night. And remember, and remember, 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 Queen, you were built for this. <laughs>